0: Yes, you are in. Okay, here you go. A big piece of steak. And some of you are going to be choking on it. Some of you can only handle liquids. Uh, However, really, honestly, I, I think this is going to challenge those that call themselves Christians the most. Those that call themselves Christians and are married. I think this download is going to test you the most. So... Without further ado, here's and Casey and his latest download. Here you go. Hey, what's up, church? This is Casey Krause, and I'm not going to lie, this is kind of awkward for me because I have not recorded anything directly for the Fry Dudes group. Like, I don't know what the demographic is that listens to this podcast. I. I'm assuming that it's typically Christian men. And so you, you guys are going to be the ones that I'm, I'm talking to tonight. But I also understand that there might be some women listening as well and maybe some non Christians. And the reason I'm recording right now is lately I've been talking with some brothers and, and the topic of sex has just been on our mind lately like this this topic of like what what is it like it just seems like we're we're constantly being taught about sex by our culture or even by the church and it just seems like we are so off the mark and so in my bible reading earlier this week I was just so convicted by this verse by the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6:18 and he he just says this Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your body. Don't you realize that your own body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. And so I want to talk about sin tonight. Excuse me, I want to talk about sex tonight. Because I think that we are just constantly inundated with it and we don't take it seriously. Like we've forgotten what the word purity means and we find it to be a joke. And so church, I just want you and I together, I just feel like God's trying to wake us up. And so I just want to do just a quick talk on, on sex and how we should view it. And so in the beginning, like if you were to turn to Genesis, Genesis talks about how God created everything. And so in the beginning, simply with the words of his mouth, God speaks and he creates the he creates the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and he says it is good. And then he speaks again and he forms the sea and, and the birds and the, and the animals and the plants and everything else. And he says, it is good. But then with, with his own hands, as intimately and lovingly as possible, God reaches down and he forms the first man and the first woman. And he says, it is very good because they they are mine. And the first commandment he gives Adam is go into the field and name all the animals. And so I just imagine Adam, he's out in the field and he's like, what's that sound? Like that thing that that cheeps and sings and flies around like it's beautiful. I'm going to call it a bird, but it's not mine. And this thing that wags its tail and loves me no matter what and barks like, I'm going to call it a dog, but it's not mine. And it's as if like every animal he sees, he starts getting more and more frustrated because it might be amazing, but it's not his. And then one day, this beautiful naked woman shows up on his doorstep and the brother breaks out in song. Like he literally starts singing, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh will mean you're mine. Like, do you know that God created man for woman and woman for man, unlike anything else? And the first commandment that he gives the two of them is I want you two to be fruitful and Multiply. In other words, he's calling us to enjoy each other's bodies and to have lots of babies. Like God created sex. God created sex to be beautiful and holy and a lot of fun. And then we screwed it up. And we've screwed it up in two ways, church. The first is the church. Like for so many years, if you're 40 years old or older, you probably know this. For so many years, the church has taught that sex is like this dirty, yucky thing that you better be quiet about, and it's secretive, and 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 its only purpose is reproduction. And so, this has destroyed so many marriages. Like I have friends. Even within the dudes group, I have friends who struggle in the bedroom because of this teaching. And so the second way we've screwed up is the world. Like the world watched the church go off the rails, like far right. Sex is only about reproduction. And so then the church, or then the world goes the other way and they teach it's not about reproduction. It's all about pleasure like sex is all about pleasure to the point that if someone gets pregnant in the in as they're pursuing the pleasure of sex we've actually come up with procedures to end the life in the womb and one of the number one ways that we've got to this hypersexualized culture like this culture where we worship sex to the point that life is even a lesser right then the pleasure of sex. One of the biggest ways that we've gotten to this point is through an ancient technology. A technology that dates back about 4,000 years. A technology that is so powerful that when it hit the budding internet, it is one of the key catalysts that blew the internet into this global phenomenon that we know it today. Like this ancient technology that is a hundred billion dollar a year industry, a technology that is the fastest growing addiction in America today and has destroyed countless marriages. And that's pornography. One out of five Google searches are for pornographic images. 63% 63% of guys and 18% of girls look at porn at least once a week. And some of you listening right now are thinking, "And who cares?" Like I'm one of those people who looks at it once a week, probably more than that. Like what's the big deal? Isn't isn't it natural? Like, isn't it natural for us to want each other's bodies? And in some ways, you're right. Like, some ways, you're really right. God has distilled in us a sexual appetite that is good and holy. But church, there is a way for us to use sex, where it can either be the love that warms your home or the lust that burdens down your world. And so what does Jesus say about it? If you were to turn to Matthew 5, what you'd see is in Matthew 5, Jesus is trying to give us a clear image of what sin is. And so he starts out with murder. And he's like, you guys know that you shouldn't kill people. You know that. But I say to you, if you harbor hatred in your heart for another person, you've already murdered them. And then he moves on to lust. And he says, you know that you shouldn't cheat on your spouses. But I say to you, if you harbor or if you lust over someone with your eyes, you've already committed adultery with them in your heart. And you're guilty. What he is trying to teach us, church, is that sin isn't simply what you do with your hands. It's also what you do with your heart. if you undress someone with your eyes, if you look at a screen and you start viewing people, like you start are just consuming their bodies without giving any thought to their soul, what you're doing is you are taking someone made in the image of God and you are treating them as if they're a piece of meat that was simply designed for your sexual appetite. And it breaks God's heart. Like, oftentimes we think that sin is bad or destructive because God tells us not to do it. It's not destructive because God tells us not to do it. Sin is destructive because it breaks the heart of our Creator. And it hurts people made in His image. But for those of you who don't believe in Jesus... Science has a lot to say about this. And so what does it say? Do you know that science tells us that you will have a smaller brain if you look at pornography? Scientists are starting to discover that a person who looks at pornography once a week, they will have less gray matter, less brain mass, and they will be reverted back to a more adolescent state. In fact, MRI screenings are starting to show that a person who looks at pornography on the regular, their brain looks very similar to someone who is addicted to porn, or excuse me, addicted to heroin. Which is also the second point, pornography is unbelievably addictive, church. And the reason it's so addictive neurologists are telling us is that what happens when you look at these images is your brain is actually is actually hijacked and your body is just flooded with this dopamine so you're actually high on pornography So if you've ever had that experience where you're looking at the screen and you just feel like you're going down this rabbit hole and you'll just look at anything and consume anything and it doesn't matter what it is and you feel like you have no moral compass whatsoever and you come off the other side and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? The reason you feel that way is because you are actually high on porn. And it has so much more, like this addiction has so much more than, than just your brain. Like, do you know that sociologists are telling us that there are major, major social factors and emotional factors that come with looking at pornography? Things like a person who looks at porn is more likely to become depressed or anxio- or anxious, have social anxiety and really struggle. It causes us to really struggle to correlate love love and sex together. The other implication with this is trauma. Like a person who looks at pornography. Like your brain starts to see these images the same way that it interprets trauma. And so if you see someone get their arm blown off. That is a traumatic event that your brain will never forget. This is how it sees these images, which is why so many of us, myself included, can go back 20 years and remember these images that we saw 20 years ago. Let's not buy into the lie that this is just some meaningless, harmless activity that we're doing online. You guys, it is destroying us. It has hijacked our culture. Sociologists are telling us that the porn industry has hijacked our culture. And it is teaching us more about sex than any other entity on earth. Like the things that your parents taught you when they had to talk with you. The things that your friends group, your friend groups might talk about, your own experiences, like nothing compares to what the porn industry teaches us about sex. And what it teaches us is to be violent. Like guys, a lot of us suck in the bedroom because we are watching pornography. It is making us incompetent in the bedroom, but it's also making us violent. Nine out of ten pornographic videos contain some form of a man abusing a woman. Whether it's him hitting her, spitting on her, gagging her, verbally abusing her, or even humiliating her. Should God's people be taking part in this? Like, what does this do to us? What has this done to us as a culture? It has taught us that we can sell people's bodies for pleasure. And even us in the church are taking part in this. And ladies, if there's any ladies listening, the number one people group that we are selling are you. Everything from our music, our movies, and even our commercials are trying to teach you that you're a commodity, that your value comes from your looks or your sex appeal. This is why Cardi B sings about how it's her big boobs, her little waist, and her big butt that give her value. It's not the fact that she's well-educated or the fact that she is generous or kind It's her sex appeal. But I hope you can hear me. Ladies, I really hope you can hear me. God did not design you to be a commodity that is consumed. He designed you to be a soul that is cherished. And if you're with a guy right now, and if he cares more about your body or your looks than he cares about your soul, and you guys aren't married yet, Please, he is simply just a boy who can shave. He is not a man who can cherish, and he's not worthy of you, sister. Either call him up to you or get rid of him. And, guys, Jesus is calling us to be men, not boys. Do you know that he has distilled us? Like God has distilled in us testosterone and muscle and aggression. He didn't give this to women. Why did he give it to us? He didn't give it to us so that we could consume people, so that we could beat down people. He gave it to us so that we could build up and defend and cherish women and children, and we are abusing it. Like if you want to follow Jesus... This is his call. You better be ready to use your muscle and your strength and your aggression to take care of the weak and the vulnerable and the women and the children. Otherwise, you're just a boy who can shave. But, you guys, I get it. One of my biggest struggles in life has been sexual sin. I grew up in a, I grew up in a household of guys where we, where we abuse women and we, we are chauvinists and, and it's all about getting drunk and how much weight you can lift and how many deer can you shoot and how many women can you sleep with. And, and so I get it. It's fun. Like sexual pleasure is fun and it's exciting and it's new but it will never satisfy. You will never be satisfied with what you look at on a screen. I don't care how good the woman looks. I don't care how good she is in the bedroom. She will never satisfy unless you are actually mingling your souls together. For myself, I was six years old when I first started looking at pornography. And you guys, I wasn't looking for it. Like, it was looking for me. I'm looking for space, boat, space goes coast to coast, like flipping through the channels. And I come across Cinemax. And all of a sudden, like, I'm just bombarded by these images. Like, Like, I just feel so violated. I feel like someone touched me inappropriately. And you'd think that that feeling would cause me to never want to see it again. But then a couple days goes by and I start looking like I, I start getting curious. So I start staying up later so I can look at these things and I start looking at more. And then I look at more and pretty soon it's not enough to just see these images on a screen. So by the age of six or seven years old, I'm trying to get boys and girls to do these things with me. And then I get more boys and girls to do it with me. And it goes on for years. I have done some things, church. I've done some really, really dark things. And it will never satisfy. But then at the age of 15, I meet this cute girl and I start going to church with her. And, and I just remember what it was like. Like I'm sitting in in the church and I start hearing this pastor talking about baptism. And as he's talking about baptism, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, baptism is a lot like Christmas, isn't it? Like even if you don't believe in Jesus, you just still do it. Like You just sprinkle the baby with a little bit of water and all of a sudden they're saved. But this pastor starts talking about baptism as something else. Like baptism is this, is this wedding ceremony. As you get into the water, you're saying no to the rest of the world. And you're saying yes to Jesus. And as you go under, you are marrying yourself to Jesus and you're taking on his last name. And you are clean. And so I get into the water. And I remember being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when I get back up, you guys, for the first time in my life, like all of the garbage, I feel clean. And I leave that church. I seriously felt like I was walking a foot off the ground. And I leave that church just so on fire for God. And I'm just so passionate for Him. And I'm I'm telling myself I'm never going to look at pornography again. But then a week later, like... I do. I was so addicted to it that I find myself in front of the screen again. But this time, like it, it felt like the first time I felt violated again. Like I, I started seeing these people differently. Like I didn't see them as meat anymore. I saw them as human beings who were made in the image of God. Like they're beautiful And he loves them. He created them in his image. And they were very good. And even if they don't know it, like he gave everything for them. And I started to feel conviction. And you guys, it has taken me so long. And it has been difficult. But I can tell you that, that after 19 years since I've been baptized, like, I don't wait for people to leave the house so that I can run up and look at the screen. Like when I close my eyes, I remember there was once a time when I'd close my eyes and I would see these images just always before my eyes and I couldn't get away from them. Like my mind was consumed with it. I was so intoxicated with sex. And it's not in me anymore. Like I still feel temptation. But God has done something. And whoever you are that's listening right now, I believe that God wants to do something in you. Because as the Apostle Paul said, God's not sexual sin harms your body. It harms the body of the people that you're consuming. And it's not for us, church. And so I believe that God wants to set you free today. And I'm not talking about some flippant little prayer where you just say, Jesus, just take this desire from me and then I'll give my, then I'll stop looking. Like, I believe that it is going to be difficult I believe that it's going to start with at least one step and you giving it, you calling it sin and you giving it over to him. And it's going to take time and patience and energy. And it's going to take forgiving yourself. And it's going to take you staring at Jesus and finding him to be more beautiful than you find the screen. And it's going to be... It's going to be you filled with the Holy Spirit, like you really being made new and changed. And it's going to take you getting your phones out of your bedrooms. For you to be addicted to a screen and to sleep with one next to your head. Is like the crack addict who goes to bed with, with his pipe and thinks that he's not going to smoke. It's foolish. And it's going to take you confessing. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know if you have any brothers or sisters in your life, but it's going to take you finding some and confessing to them. I had to do it just today. Do you know that hiding doesn't just keep you from rejection? Hiding keeps you from feeling loved. Because so long as you can sit there and tell yourself, man, if people knew this about me, there's no way they could love me. There's no way they would like me. If you can tell yourself that, you're not feeling loved. And I believe that God is whispering to you right now as you're hearing my voice, I want you to be free. I want you to be free of your shame and your guilt. And I want you to be free to follow me and to do what I call you to. Without that fear of man, what if people find out about me? He wants you free, church. But to end, I know the feeling of shame. I remember the feeling of walking into that church, feeling like there's no way I belong. That there's no way that God would want me there. Because I was constantly doing wicked things up until the day I was baptized. And so some of you might be thinking, can God forgive me? Does God still love me? Does he still want me? Do you know that the day that Jesus went to the cross, he knew everything you would ever do, every image you would see behind closed doors, and every thought that would roll across your mind, And the king of all creation still chose to be beaten and mocked and spit on and nailed to a tree. You remember those hands that I talked about? Like, think about it. The same hands that once reached down to form you and say you're mine are the same hands that were pierced to save you so that you could actually become his. As if with his arms stretched out as far as they could be pulled, the king of all creation is saying to you tonight, I still want you. I still love you. And if you belong to me, your sin doesn't get to define you. Your shame doesn't get to define you. Your hiding doesn't get to define you. I define you. And if you are mine, you are clean because I am clean. If you don't know Jesus, your first step of being free Your number one concern should not be you getting free from pornography. It is you coming to know the one who can set you free from everything. For the rest of us, if you know Jesus, let's fight against this sin and start treating one another with dignity. I love you guys.